Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for this evening. It's a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I am excited about tonight's podcast. I'm excited about the word of God. And I pray that you've been having a wonderful week. It's a new month. It's March. We have um, are almost in one year of being in quarantine and also experiencing uh, the pandemic. But if you're still alive, if you're still living, if you have breath in your body, to God be the glory that he has kept you um, every step of the way. So we have something to be grateful for, that we have experienced hardship. We have experienced some um, circumstances, but God still gets the glory because we're still here. He's still sovereign and there's nothing, there's nothing that God cannot do for us. So to God be the glory for everything that he has done. So. Um, last week we had a special uh, podcast. We were honoring uh, my great sister, uh, sister Nikita Renee, and she was uh, our highlight for the month of February. And uh, we just had such a great conversation about her, um, her testimony and the journey that God has um, her on and how she is persevering beyond her imperfections to fulfill um, the purpose that God has for her life. So I um, want you to go back and go on I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page so that you can see last week's podcast. It was truly inspiring and powerful. If you missed it, you can go there on our Facebook page. You can also go um, on our podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts can be um, seeing you can go in there and see last week's podcast as well. Um, I'm going to say a word of prayer and then I'm going to have a quick announcement and we're going to get into tonight's message for this evening. So dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, God, for your love, for your power, for your strength, for your mercy, Holy Spirit. God, I ask that you would just be here in this place, Father. God, I ask that you to take control, Father God, whatever it is that you want to do, God. I thank you, Father God, that you would truly, God, have your way. Speak through me, God, as your humble vessel, God. I count on the privilege and the honor that you chose to use me for such a time as this. The Holy Spirit, God, let the word, God, let every word that comes out of my mouth, that Father God be out of the mouth of God. Holy Spirit, have your way. I come against technical difficulties. I come against everything that is not like you. Bless the viewers that Father God, everybody is a tune in, God, whether live, God, or in the future. Holy Spirit, may they um, truly be receptive, God, of what you have to say, God, during this time, during this season. God, I thank you, Father God, for deliverance. I thank you, God, for healing. I thank you, God, for breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for for everybody that is tuning in, my Facebook viewers and my Instagram viewers here on the right of me, um, and the podcast um, listeners that will be listening later on, welcome to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I do have a quick um, announcement. If you were tuning in last week on um, on our podcast, you will have known that I, I did share with you, and, and as I'm talking, I'm going to be sharing it on my screen. Uh, I was telling you guys about um, the Mental Health Awareness Month that um, the River Church is having, and I'm going to share it here on the screen again so that you are aware um, of what's going on. So this month, 
we're in March now. So in this month of March, the church, the River Church, my church, my pastors are Pastor Charles and Pastor Tracy Lynn Williams. Um, they have allowed um, themselves to be used by God to um, shed light on mental health. And a lot of us have been experiencing some hardship and experiencing grief. And um, the, in the month of March, the, every single Thursday, as you can see, starting on this Thursday, which is March 4th, we're going to be starting and having some great um, panelists filled with therapists, filled with psych, um, psychiatrists that are gifted and that are um, experienced in the area to help bring forth healing, help bring forth restoration. So I'm excited. It starts this Thursday. And actually... This Thursday is going to be a mental health teens and adolescents coping with COVID, coping with COVID. So please stay tuned in for that. Um, it's going to be a panel discussion on mental health and overcoming challenges. And the guest speakers, the guest speakers are Ryan McMillan. Uh, Ryan McMillan, who um, is uh, a has a private practice in King of Prussia, and then we also have Daryl J. DeVoe, um, who has um, he's a part of Serenity Safe Haven Outpatient Clinic. So make sure you tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. and it is going to be on Facebook Live on the River Church page. And if you want any more information, you can go to theriverchurchpa.com. All right, guys. So. Thank you for allowing me to share that announcement. Now we're going to get into tonight's podcast. We're going to get into tonight's podcast for this evening. So our topic, our topic is, our topic is, are you drifting away? Are you drifting away? My God, my God, are you drifting away? And the Holy Spirit has been, um, not necessarily dealing with me personally, but he's been placing it on my heart to pray for those that um, are in a backslidden state or, or are on the verge of being in a backslidden state. And uh, I believe God has placed it on my heart because I've been there. I've been there and um, I know what it means to be in a state of not necessarily recognizing that you're drifting away. And it's already it's already been happening. Like you can be drifting away, and you you're you can be in denial because you don't recognize the signs of what it means um, to drift away. So you think that everything's cool. You think, oh, I'm I'm still going to church, and everything's cool, and uh, I'm still on ministry, and I'm good. Like I don't have no issues, and you you truly are in denial the fact that you're drifting away. So. What we're going to talk about, um, just give you synopsis and give you the breakdown of what we're going to be going over tonight is why am I drifting away? I'm going to answer that question. And then we're going to get into causes of the drift. And then after that, we're going to get into how do I get back on track? So those are the three things that we're going to go over um, this evening, because I believe strongly that in this time, God is calling for the church to get right because if we're not aware, we are in the last days. So this is the time for us to repent. This is the time for us to get our relationship with Christ back on track. And listen, if you if you are one of those people where you have drifted away, if you're watching now, there's still time. There's still time. If you're still, if you're listening to this podcast, there is still time. This is why God is 
um, specifically allowing this podcast to talk about such a subject as this. So let's get into what drifting means. So two definitions I have for you guys. Drifting is of a person or their attention digress or stray to another subject. So if you're drifting, you are a person um, that, that has attention, but you're, you digress it or stray to another subject. So your focus was on God, right? But then somewhere down the line, your focus stopped being solely on God and it started being on something else. Your focus stopped being, and listen, drifting doesn't mean that it happens like immediately. And drifting means that it, it's a it's a slowness. It, it 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 slowly happens and just like, wow, I didn't expect it. Like you start talking a little bit differently. You start thinking differently. You start walking differently. It's like little thing. You see subtle change. You start dressing differently. You start seeing subtle changes happening. And if you don't see it, the people that know you, the people that know, especially how you carry yourself, how you carry yourself, how your your character is when you are having a consistent relationship with God, and they see, they start seeing, wow, like they they're talking differently, their their uh, social media posts are not the same, and you know they they're dressing differently, and you know I they even look like because this is the thing. When you are living a life of sin or you're living a sinful, you know, sinful lifestyle, you wear it. And I know it, it sounds weird to say, but those that are those that are saved and those that have discernment, we're able to see. It's like it's like you're you're literally wearing it, like you don't look the same, like your color. Your color can even change on you. So you can like say if you have a brightness about yourself, about your skin, about everything. But if you are living a simple lifestyle, you literally like it looks like you're getting darker. It looks like you're getting darker because you're wearing, you're wearing the sin is is literally having a hold on you. So drifting again is digress or stray to another subject. And the other definition I have is to wander aimlessly, to wander aimlessly. So you just, you're just like, you know, having your your mind is just drifting away from God and you're just like off focus, completely off focus, not thinking about the things of God, which you want to get into in a moment, but you just wander, you're wandering. Because if you're focused, your mind doesn't wander when you're focused. So let's get into, we know what drifting means now. So let's get into why am I drifting from God? Why am I drifting from God? This is the question that I had to ask myself at some point in time is, why am I drifting from God? Because if if people are recognizing it or... You know, if I feel like there's because a lot of times it can either be people recognize it or you actually recognize it and you recognize that there is a disconnect, especially when you um, 
And I'm going to get into some of those points in a moment, but especially when you have a relationship with God and when you just think about it, compare it to an actual uh, relationship with a person, right? Say if you're in a relationship and, you know, y'all talk on the phone every day, y'all hanging out all the time. And then, you know, maybe something happens, y'all have an argument or, you know, that person uh, disappoints you or what have you. And then next thing you know, like you... You're like, man, like you, instead of you talking about the situation, instead of you saying, hey, this is how you made me feel. This is why, you know, this, this is how I feel. And I didn't like when you did that thing. Instead of you saying that to that person, you hold it in. And when you hold it in, now all of these feelings are festering. Now all these feelings are being bottled up. And now you are literally like, um, closing yourself up from that person. And when you start closing yourself up, you start disconnecting because now you don't want to talk to that person because you feel like if you talk to them, then eventually you start talking about your feelings and you don't want to talk about your feelings. So same thing with God is that when we experience certain situations in our lives, we don't want to go to God because we know that if we go to God, he's going, he's going to give us the answer of why it's happening. He's going to give us the answer of why I'm feeling this way. So we don't want to go to him. So we start doing everything that is outside of God's will. We start, you know, uh, going back to our old lifestyle because this, this situation is talking about those that once had a relationship with Christ, not necessarily those who um, are seeking salvation um, but those who have salvation, those who had a relationship, but somewhere along the way, you have truly allowed yourself to drift away. You allowed yourself to drift away from the things of God. So why am I drifting away? Let's go to Hebrews chapter two, verse one through four. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. And the, the title of this passage says, warning to pay attention. It says, warning to pay attention. So it says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received, it's just punishment. How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So God is saying, if we don't pay attention, if we don't pay attention to what God is saying, if we don't pay attention to when God speaks, we're going to drift away. How many times has God warned, gave us warnings? How many times have God given us red flags? But we don't pay attention to those things. Why? Because let's be honest, our flesh genuinely wants to do those things. And, and if we feel like it's gratifying to our flesh and if we're in a season of, listen, like I just want to, because sometimes you're just in a season where you just want to do what you want to do. 
because there are those are moments where you're just like maybe nothing has really like you know happened to you but you just at a moment where you just tired you tired of being on you tired of being put on a pedestal you tired of always having to be good you tired of always having to do the righteous thing so you just literally just want to just like for a season you just want to just wild out you just want to say whatever comes to your mouth. You want to use the profanity. You want to dress. You want to go to the club. You want to do all these things. You want to do all of that because you're just tired of doing what's right. And especially if you're looking around and looking on social media, looking at everybody that's around you and they doing what they want to do. And it don't seem like nothing's happening to them. It don't seem like they're experiencing any type of punishment, any type of re um, repercussions of their actions. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm sitting here, I'm doing the right thing, I'm going to church faithfully, I'm being on ministry, I'm going to every prayer meeting when the church opened up, I'm doing all of this stuff for God. And they sitting here, they living a double lifestyle, and nothing is happening. So you think, right? So you think. Because a lot of times we sit up there and compare our lives to other people. And we don't know what they're experiencing. We don't know if they're experiencing lack of peace in their lives because of their lifestyle. We don't know if they're experiencing hardship. All we can see is from the outside looking in. That's all we can do. But we're so busy comparing our lives to other people. And then we find ourselves <laughs> going into that lifestyle. Why? Because you're like, hey, they doing it. Why can't I? Why can't I? That's the question we've been asking ourselves. So God is saying that we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. So what I want to get into is we talked about, again, the question of why am I drifting away, drifting from God? And number one, you stop praying consistently. When is the last time you pray? And if you pray, like, oh, I pray. How often do you pray? How often do you pray? One moment, I said to turn this on silent. There we go. How often do you pray? Because the thing is, <laughs> we sit up here and say, oh, I pray, but you, you pray once a week. That's not enough. That's not enough. You can't sit up here and say, oh, I talk to God and, you know, I, I know what's going on. And if you just talking to him, you checking in once a week. You can't check in with God once a week. Every single I was just saying that to um, one of my friends today that every single day has its own challenges. Every single day has its own challenges. So what you prayed to God about last week, say if you prayed to him last Friday, what you was praying to God about last Friday doesn't have nothing to do what the challenges are that you may face today. And you're not, you're not sure why, because God knows what our future holds. He knows what tomorrow brings. So that's important. It's important that we go to God in prayer every single day because he knows what we are facing. He knows. Yes. My brother said once a week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, we can't do that. We have to pray consistently. 
We have to pray consistently. When we talk to God, we get to know more about him. We get to know more about the things of God. And he reveals He reveals himself to us. He reveals what's going to happen in our lives. He lets us know what what our purpose is, what we're supposed to be doing to make sure that we fulfill our purpose. He lets us know all of these things. But if we don't talk to God, we're unaware. And then when we don't talk to God, he can't warn us of of, of these uh the hardship that we may experience or um, give us the red flags you know of um the bad relationship that you're not supposed to be in that's the whole point of talking to God so that you can have a relationship with him so that he can give you clear direction on how to because we can't do this without him we can't live this life without God trust me you can try if you want to but you'll be back. You'll be back. And prayerfully, you come back. Because it's, it's not always, because sometimes people, they allow themselves to, their pride to get the best of them. They allow their pride to get the best of them. And they like, oh, well, you know, I've been out here so long. So it's, what's the point of me coming back to God? The trick of the enemy. The trick of the enemy to convince you that Oh well, I'm just I've been living this this life for 20 plus years, so I might as well just rock out. But what you don't understand is is that when you separate yourself from God, just because you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at some point, when you got up out of the grace of God, I'm sorry to tell you that you're no longer going to heaven. You're no longer going to heaven because you stepped away from God. You stepped away from God's grace. You you no longer have a relationship with him. And the enemy has tried to convince you that, oh, yeah, well, I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior when I was 10 years old. But what is your life like now? What is your lifestyle like now? What is your lifestyle like right now? So you stop praying consistently. Number two, you stop listening to God. You stop listening to God. God has been talking to you. God has been talking to you, but you stop listening. You didn't want to hear why you said maybe you experienced, you know, Especially in this pandemic, a lot of people have been losing their loved ones, excuse me, left and right. So maybe you have experienced grief. And you didn't want to hear what God had to say because you're like, God, why did my family have to leave this earth? Why did they have to go? And you don't want to hear the answer or you you just like you just done. You're done with everything because you, you you don't understand and you just want to, you know, be in in that in that space. But what you don't understand is God is the God of peace. God is the God of peace that when you experience hardship, when you experience, you know, disappointment, when you experience things that your human mind can understand or comprehend. God is there to give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. God is there to comfort you 
in the midnight hour when you know you're by yourself and you like God what 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 am I going to do God is there when nobody else is God is there but God says you shut me out God said you shut me out and you stop listening I'm trying to talk to you but you stop listening Why am I drifting from God? Number three, you stop reading God's word daily. You stop reading God's word daily. When is the last time you read God's word? When is the last time you actually not just read it, but meditate on it? Actually dive into the word of God and not just when you go to Bible study, not just when you are at, you know, at church or you watching, you know, virtual church right now, because, you know, we're still phasing out of this pandemic, but actually on your own, right? God's word, the word of God, this book, this book right here, this is our manual. This is our manual. Everything we need is in the word of God. Everything we need is in the word of God. And a lot of times we don't want to read the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is truth. And then we don't want to read anything that's in the word that's going to tell us to get right. It's going to tell us to forgive. It's going to tell us to repent. It's going to tell us to um, to get back on a straight and narrow path. It's going to tell us to stop slandering somebody's name. It's going to tell us to be the bigger person. Yeah. All of that is in the word. Why? Because that's a part of our godly character. And in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to pull that up here while I'm holding my word of God. Galatians 5, 23, this is a new King James version. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. That is a part of our God-like character. That's in the word. How we're supposed to conduct ourselves. How we're supposed to handle situations. Trust me, there's nothing new under the sun. Any situation that we're currently facing or have faced, somebody has experienced it in the word of God. We are not alone. We are not alone. And that's the trick of the enemy to cause us into thinking that we're alone in this thing. When God says, no, you're not alone. I've covered everything for you. Everything that you need is in my word. Everything you need is in the manual. So he has to, you stop reading the word of God. Number four. Number four is you stopped being around kingdom-minded people. You stop being around kingdom-minded people. Why? Because you know that kingdom-minded people is going to hold you accountable for your actions. They're going to call and check on you when you're not, when they don't see you on a Sunday or, or they don't see you logging in on, you know, virtual church right now. 
I don't see you sharing it you know, on your on your uh, social media platforms like you used to. Why? Because you don't want everybody to know that you, uh, you know, church girl, church boy, or whatever. You don't want people to know that you saved because if they knew that, they'd be like, "Wait a minute, why are you at this bar? Why are you hanging out with me?" So you stop hanging around kingdom-minded people because you, huh, didn't want to be held accountable. You didn't want them, you know, um, speaking life into your into you into you. You wanted to just do what you wanted to do. So you strayed away from God. Because you strayed away from, away from God, you stopped hanging around those ones that were going to pray you through, the ones that was going to encourage you to stay, to stay righteous, to stay holy, to stay acceptable unto God. So let's get into now. So again, I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. Why am I drifting away from God? You stop praying consistently. You stop listening to God. You stop reading God's word daily. And then you stopped being around kingdom-minded people. Now let's get into causes of the drift. Causes of the drift. Number one, distractions. And there's only three of them that I'm going to touch on. Yes, there's most definitely more. But it's three of them that I'm going to touch on tonight. The Holy Spirit led to me, um, led for me to do. And that's number one: distractions. This pandemic, and I'm and I'm talking about this because this is the current state that we're in. Not saying that you know because some people have been drifting away for a very long time, years. But the Holy Spirit is leading me to talk about. The current state and current season that we're in is that during this pandemic, I have seen so many of my brothers and sisters in Christ drift away. And that's solely because of distractions. Because of distractions. Why? Because when you are not, if you're if you're consistently going to church all the time, you go in ministry and you know all of that, and, and you have something to to hold you accountable. Yeah, you're you're not going to be you're not saying that that's not the, always the case, but for the most part, you're not going to um, you're not going to allow yourself to get off focus. Your mind is focused on, okay, I got to be at this, um, I got to be at this meeting at this time. I got to, you know, got choir rehearsal here and I want to make sure that I'm doing the things for God and I, got, I need to go out and reach the lost on that Saturday afternoon and go out with the evangelism team. So your mind is kingdom minded focus. Your mind is on uh, advancing God's kingdom, right? But when all of that got taken away in this pandemic. Everybody was forced to be at home. Everybody was forced to watch church on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube Live. So the ones that were faithful and consistent in participation at church was now forced to be accountable to watch it faithfully online. And then, huh, 
you don't have you're not as you're not being um looked upon you're not you know being people are not seeing you consistently to see if you're doing things right to, to check on you to make sure that you know you know that that you're not being uh missing any red flags and so you just say oh, okay well nobody's seeing me go to such and such house nobody's seeing me pick up the phone and make that phone call that i shouldn't be making nobody's seeing me so I'm just going to allow myself and then we make the excuse of using that as comfort. And then the enemy also distracts us and causes us to think that we're alone. But God, God says that we're not alone. He's with us. God says that we're not alone. He is with us. But if you have been seeking companionship, if you have been seeking God for a future husband or a wife, and during this pandemic, you're by yourself and you're like, man, like, you know, quarantine, if you don't have anybody, quarantine can be really tough. It can be tough. So as soon as you could, you just sought after somebody that not in the will of God, but they showed you attention. They showed you attention. And I'm not coming to anybody. The Holy Spirit is leading me this particular direction. But they showed you attention because I've been there and that was pre-pandemic. That wasn't having nothing to do with pandemic. That was pre. <laughs> and I was and I felt like I was lonely and I allowed myself to be distracted, allowed myself to convince myself that this was the person multiple times. And then I allowed myself to drift away. So it can easily happen. It can easily happen. And we already talked about why, why you're drifting. It can easily happen if you're not praying. It can easily happen if you're not listening to God. It can easily happen if you're not reading God's word. It can easily happen if you are not around the company of the church. If you're not around God-like people and if you, if we're all in the house and we're not communicating, it can easily happen. If you did not pre-pandemic were consistent with your prayer life, consistent with your worship life, consistent with reading the word of God. So you didn't have a firm foundation when it came. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You didn't have a firm foundation. So everything my pastor Tracy talked about this and my pastor Charles talked about this as well, that what happened to us is this pandemic really shined a light is shine a light on things that we were not doing before the pandemic even arose. So if we weren't living a righteous life before, it caused us to drift away to the other side. And, and not truly being honest about that thing or even saying listen i'm struggling and reaching out not crying out not crying out and saying listen i need help i need prayer we have to be prayerful and this is the thing too that i encourage those that are that are that are in a good place with god that if you hear the holy spirit leading you Leading you to reach out to someone because God is, is, um, has been uh, leading me to reach out to certain people. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you to reach out to someone, 
reach out to them. Because sometimes people, when they are back in a backslidden state, they're not going to reach out. They're not going to say, hey, like I'm, I'm slipping. Hey, I, yeah, I went back into that old lifestyle. They're not going to say that. Why? Because they're ashamed. Why? Because they, you know, they, they feel they want it because listen, when you're in sin, you don't want, you don't, the enemy doesn't want to be exposed. So everything is in hiding. Everything is in hiding for a little while, but what's done in the dark will come into the light. So if God is leading you back to that, God is leading you to reach out to your brother and sister when you know that, hey, they was on fire for God and they were strong. And then all of a sudden, during the, after this pandemic, you start seeing certain behaviors. You start seeing them talk differently. You start seeing them dress differently. You start seeing, you know, that like their colors started changing. They're not as happy as they was before. And you're like, what's happening? And if God is placing it at their heart on your heart and you're constantly asking that question, yeah, God is leading you to pray for them. Pray for them first. And then if God wants you to go further as far as, you know, reaching out and text message or matter of fact, a phone call, yes, then do that. You can be the lifeline. God will use you as the lifeline for your brother and sister in the Lord to get back on track. To get back on track. We are our brothers and sisters keeper. We are our brothers and sisters keeper. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And it says, no temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to a human experience, nor is any temptation unusual beyond human resistance. See me, but God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well. So that you will be able to endure, endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. So that's in God's word. God said that he will never allow us to be tempted more than what we can handle. Right. But if we are not doing the thing necessary things to make sure that our spirit man is fed, we will fall into temptation easily this is talking about this scripture is talking about when we are doing the necessary things when we are praying when we are reading god's word when we are in worship when we are truly doing what is necessary to make sure our spirit man is fed because god says my strength is made perfect in your weakness therefore god is saying that i in places where you are weak I will make you strong. But if we are not dependent on God, if we are not leaning on God, if we are not staying near to the cross, we will fall into sin. We will fall. So we have to stay near to God. We have to stay near to the cross. 
Next point. Talked about distractions. Number two. Oh, wrong one. Sorry. Number two. Disappointments. Disappointments is another reason why cause cause of drifting. Disappointments. How many of us have experienced disappointments? I can put two hands up and y'all can see my feet. I put my feet up too. Been disappointment. Been disappointed, excuse me. But we can't allow disappointment to cause us to stray away from God. We can't allow disappointment to cause us to stop talking to God. Why? Because God has saved us. God has done so much for us. And yes, there we will experience. God never said we wouldn't experience disappointment. But how, when we experience disappointment, we allow ourselves to forget about everything that God has done. We, we allow ourselves to forget about everything that God has done for our lives. And we go straight into thinking like, man, like I, I'm disappointed. So we just, that one disappointment, it just, it just turns your life and just turns it all the way around. And God is saying, listen, sometimes we're disappointed because we've convinced ourselves that this was the will of God, but it wasn't. So when it didn't work out, we were disappointed. My God says it wasn't his timing, but we did it anyway. And it fell through disappointed. But if we would have just waited on God, depended on him, depending, depending on him, then we wouldn't be disappointed because God is saying, listen, just wait on me. But we're being impatient because we think that it's taking too long, right? But God said, just wait. Just wait on me. Just wait. So disappointments. Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. And I'm going to verse 29 through 31. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 in the Amplified Version, it says, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles, rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. My God. So God is saying that he will give us strength. God will give us strength. But a lot of times we try to get strength from other things, from other resources, from other from substances. God is saying, I will give you strength. But we don't depend on God. and We don't rely on him. We will fall short every single time. Every single time if we don't depend on him. Next point. Heartache. How many people have experienced heartache? Somebody has talked about you, have um, betrayed you. Somebody, you know, that you 
thought was, you know, really close to you. And then they turn their back on you. Heartache. Or you thought that, you know, you thought that that relationship was truly supposed to work out and it's supposed to lead to marriage. But maybe the person, you know, chose somebody else. Heartache. I think at some point in time, we've all been experienced heartache at, in some way, form, or fashion. But God mends the broken heart. He mends the broken heart. He's there to pick up all the pieces. He's there to heal you. He's there to make things right. He's there to restore your heart. So let's go to Psalms 147, verse 3. Psalms 147, verse 3, and I'm reading the Amplified Version. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. My God, God will heal the brokenhearted. He heals our wounds. He heals our pain, comforts our sorrow. Maybe you're brokenhearted because maybe you thought that your loved one was taken away from this earth too soon. Brokenhearted. God is here to comfort you. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. He's here to comfort you. But you got to let him in. You got to let him in. And yeah, letting them in means that you have to... um actually have to realize the feelings and actually face the feelings that you're um, experiencing. But it's important for you to allow yourself to feel those things so that God can heal you. Because if you would just think, if you're in denial of how you feel, if you're in denial of what you're experiencing, then God can heal you. Because if you, if oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, God being the doctor, when you go to the doctor's office, they have to find out what the problem is, right? And once they find out what the problem is, then once they find out what the, and they, they're able to diagnose you, then after that, they're able to give you the proper medication. Yeah, rabaso. They're able to give you the proper medication that will be able to treat so that you can begin to heal. So if we're not facing and, and truly um facing the problem that God can't diagnose you and then God can give you the proper medication he can give you the proper tools of how to get back on track of how of what you need to make sure that you're healed and what you need to make sure that you are delivered what you need to make sure that you receive your breakthrough we gotta let God in if you're brokenhearted the word of God is since word of God, excuse me, again says in Psalms 147.3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. God will heal you if you let him in. God will heal you if you let him in. To God be the glory. My God. So now I want to get because, okay, let's go over that quickly. Causes of the drift again was distractions, number one. Number two, disappointments. 
And number three, heartache. So I want to get into now to close out this podcast is how do I get back on track? How do you get back on track? That's the question. How do I get back on track? Number one, repent. Repent. Repent is talking about being remorseful, being truly sorry for your wrongdoings, being truly sorry for what you have done, being truly sorry for allowing yourself to be distracted, being truly sorry for allowing heartache to cause you to stray away and get off focus of God, being truly sorry. And coming back to God, asking God for forgiveness. And when you do that, making a conscious decision not to go back, not to go back again. Repentance. Let's go to Acts. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. All right, one second. Acts 3. 19 amplified version it says so repent change your inner self your old way of thinking regret past sins and return to god seek his purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped away blotted out completely erased so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. Wow. Wow. I love God's word. My God. God says when you repent, you change your inner self. You change the way you think. You change and you and you turn away and you truly regret your past sins. You truly are sorry for what you did wrong. And when you repent of that, he said, I'll wipe away, blot it out, completely erase it. I'll get rid of it. God said, I'll get rid of it all. And then you're able to start fresh. You're able to start anew. Your life is restored. Your life is restored. It says like a cool wind on a hot day. Ain't nothing like a cool wind on a hot day and a hot heat in the summertime. And when you feel that breeze hit you and you like, whoo, that felt good. That's what repentance will do for you. That's what repentance will do. So that's number one. Gotta repent. How do I get back on track? Number two. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. See, this is the thing. A lot of times we we repent for our wrongdoings. And when we repent, we ask God for forgiveness. So God forgives us, right? God did his part. And God wiped it all clean. He wiped the slate clean for us, right? But then we forget that we have to forgive ourselves. Because sometimes the enemy will come to us and say, oh, well, God ain't going to use you. You was just, you know, having sex, um, um, premarital sex last week. God ain't going to forgive you. God ain't going to use you. You were just um, gossiping about somebody the other day. God ain't going to use you. And then the enemy starts talking in your ear because he's like, listen, like, I got to get them back. I got to make sure that they, you know, that they don't get back on track. So listen, 
Repentance doesn't mean that the enemy is going to stop trying to tempt you. But when you lean on God, when you depend on God, God will give you strength to, to stay away from temptation, give you strength. Because the word of God, what did we read earlier? It said God would give you a way of escape. So when we depend on God, God will give you a way of escape. Not saying that the enemy won't come back to you and when he won't still, he, he that's not saying he won't, um, that he will stop talking trash because he's always going to talk trash because he wants what he can't have and that we have and it's available to us if we are, if we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and that is what eternal life in heaven. The enemy forfeited that when he tried to be like God. And he got kicked out of heaven. So now that that's available to us, he wants to do everything in his power to make sure that we don't make it to heaven. He wants to do that. And so the thing is, we have to forgive ourselves because we don't forgive ourselves. We will go right back into drifting away again. But when you forgive yourself now, you open up and say, God can use me. God can restore me. You start believing that thing. You start walking in it. But if you don't forgive yourself, you won't believe. And then you allow yourself to go right back to where you was again. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. 5, 17 through 19 in the Amplified Version. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, new things have come because of because spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example, we might bring others to him. My God. And we'll read the 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. Jesus, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation that is restoration to favor with God. So God is telling us that it is possible. It is possible for us to be restored. Is it possible that even after living a lifestyle of sin for us to, for our salvation to be restored, if we let ourselves get back on track, if we repent, if we will forgive ourselves, it is possible. I am a living, breathing witness that it is possible that when you repent, when you go to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry for turning my back on you. Lord, I'm sorry for allowing myself to drift away. Lord, I'm sorry for allowing myself to be distracted. Lord, I'm sorry for allowing disappointment to cause me to lose my faith in you, to cause me to lose my trust in you. But God, I realize that I, I realize that I can't do this by myself. I realize, God, that I need you more 
more now than ever. And Father, I ask that you forgive me. Wipe the slate clean for me, God. And God, I will not, I not only ask you to forgive me, but give me the strength to forgive myself. Because God, you said that, that I will have restoration. God, you said that my salvation, God, will be reconciled if I believe in you, if I trust in you, if I trust on your word, Father, because you never um, left me, you never forsake me, God. You've always been there, even when I was in my backsliding state, even when, God, I thought that I was by myself, you were still there, you were calling my name, you said, come back home, come back to me, come back to me, even when I was laying in the wrong bed, you still were calling my name, and you gave me a way of escape, even though I didn't listen in that moment. But God, I'm hearing you now loud and clear to come back home, to come back to me, to get back into the grace of God. Lord, I'm coming back to you, Father, with all of me. God, here I am standing in the need of prayer, God. God, I'm here, God. Whatever you want to do, God, do it through me, Father. I'm tired of living this life. God, I'm tired, God, of trying to do things the right way, of trying to, Father God, to do it on my own. Father God, I realize that, Father, if I don't come to you, God, you, God, Father God, are my strength. You are everything I need and more. Be desperate. Be desperate for change, my God. Don't allow your pride to get the best of you. Put the pride aside. Put your pride aside. Put your pride aside. If you know that God is calling you, get right today. Get right today. This is your lifeline. This is your lifeline. And I knew it wasn't going to be a lot of people watching tonight because of the magnitude of this message. But it doesn't matter. Why? Because I have to be obedient to God. And I know God was leading me this way because somebody's going to watch the replay. And even if one person comes back and rededicates their life, even if one person says, Lord, I'm tired, and they give their life back to Christ, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Even if one, I have to follow God. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the popularity. It's not about, oh, you know, it's not about how many followers I'm going to get from this. My responsibility is being obedient to God. No, this is not a popular topic. This is not a popular message. My concern is not about popularity. My concern is about your salvation. It's about your relationship with Christ and whether or not you are going to get back on track with him. That is my focus. That is my goal. I'm a fisherman right now. I'm casting my net so that I can draw fish into the body of Christ. That is my assignment. So forgive yourself. Whatever you did in your past, whatever you did a couple of days ago, whatever you did an hour ago, whatever you did, repent. Repent. And after you repent, forgive yourself so that you can move forward. Forgive yourself so that you can move forward. So that you can move forward. Number three. 
after you forgive yourself, make a decision to, I'm sorry, did I read that? Yeah, I did. Make a decision to increase your prayer life. Make a decision to increase your prayer life because as we mentioned earlier, that is one of the causes of why you drifted away in the first place is because you lack a prayer, consistent prayer life because you stopped talking to God consistently. So you have to increase your prayer life. Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. One moment. Three. Okay, I got something wrong here. We're going to find it. Give me one second. Hmm. The devil is a liar. All right, guys, I'm going to find this scripture later on and, and add it on here. But make sure that you increase your prayer life because I don't want to be distracted and I want to keep moving forward. So make sure that you increase your prayer life. Having a consistent prayer life is so important, making sure that we are talking to God, talking to God. Because like I said earlier, every single day we are faced, every single day we are faced with challenges. Every single day. Every single day. So we can't allow ourselves to be comfortable with praying once a week. We can't allow ourselves to do that, especially if we want to get back right, especially if we want to allow God to restore, to restore our salvation with him. Number four, be consistent with God. Be consistent with God. And that, let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. And it says, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. So God wants consistency because when you're consistent, you're loyal. When you are consistent, you are loyal. You're loyal to God. And that's what God wants. That is how we get back on track is when we're saying, God, listen, I'm a rider. I'm here. I'm ride or die. I'm here, God. Whatever you want me to do, God, I'm back on track. God, what is my purpose for it to live on this earth? What is my purpose, God, to help avenge your kingdom? God, I am back on track. God, send me out there so that I can be a fisher of men. Send me out there so that I can share to the world of how you delivered me, or how you saved me, or how you set me free. Send me out, God. Because now, now, oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, as your mess has turned into a message, what you experience in your mess has now turned to a message and it's a part of your testimony. You are a testament of God's grace. You are a testament of God's forgiveness. You are a testament of God's deliverance. You are a testament of God's healing. You are a testament of his unconditional love. So yes, God singing, be consistent with me. 
Because when you're consistent, you're loyal. When you're consistent, you're obedient. When you're consistent, you're faithful. God said, be consistent. And lastly, ask God, ask God, and I'm going to edit that really quickly. Ask God for some accountability partners. Ask God for accountability partners. Ask God for accountability partners. Because when you are held accountable, when you are held accountable, you are going to be less likely to commit sin and less like not saying that you're never going to commit sin because we are sinful creatures, but you're less likely to fall and to go into a backsliding, backsliding state. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're less likely to fall and go into a backsliding state because your brother, your sister, the Lord is going, hey, uh, what you doing? You ain't been at church. What's up? Or you ain't, you ain't, you're not even watching it. Like I was saying earlier, you're not sharing it on your social media platforms. You know, you're not, and then you did, you, I'm um, dodging, you dodging their phone calls because you know, they're going to check on you. So like, no, ask God to see your accountability partners. I didn't put this here up, but also you need a great mentor because mentors will hold you accountable too. You need accountability partners. To make sure that, you know, that because your accountability partners are, are going to pray for you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to make sure that, you know, because when you are have a relationship with them, you're also because it's not just for you because we'll get to that, that chapter in a second. It's not just for you, but it's for them, too, because in Proverbs and I love the amplified version of this um, scripture. Proverbs 27 17 it says as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion again it says as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion so iron sharpening iron means that I'm not only influencing you, but you're influencing me. That's why we have to be around the right company. That's why we have to be around the right people. Because when you are around the wrong people, you will end up doing the wrong thing. So when you're ready for change, thank you, Holy Spirit. When you are ready for change, that means that you have to get away from those people that that are um, that doing that are a part of or um, or dibbling dabbling in the behavior that you have left. Because it says the old things are behind me. Behold, all things are new in my life. That doesn't mean that if you go to a bar that you won't be tempted. No, that means stay away from those old things and start doing things that are part of God. Because when I just I leave with this is that when I told God, some people have heard this and some people have not. When I told God that I wanted to truly get right and I wanted to live righteous before him. I had to stop hanging around this, those people that were um, where they were um, behaving, having certain behaviors that I needed to stay away from, such as drinking, such as partying, such as premarital sex, those uh, slandering, such as gossiping, all of those things. I had to step away from those people and be set apart because and I had to surround myself with those that were going to sharpen my iron. 
And as I've got back right now, I'm able to sharpen their iron as well. And we hold each other accountable for our actions. So when we, you know, having an attitude, having an attitude is a whole, and another thing too, it's not just about, you know, sex and drugs and, and alcohol. It's about your character because we talked about the character in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We talked about that. So we have to be held accountable for our actions to make sure that we are on the right track. So again, let's go over these things again. How do I get back on the right, right track? Repent, number one. Number two, forgive yourself. Number three, increase your prayer life. Number four, be consistent with God. Number five, Ask God for some accountability partners. My God. So I pray that everyone was encouraged and uplifted tonight with this podcast. I pray. Yes, that is the scripture. Thank you. So my mom put the scripture here is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19. I just, I typed in the wrong chapter and I'm sitting here like, what in the world? I'm going to close out with that scripture since. Thank you, mom, for finding that for me. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19. Yes, 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 yes. It says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And it says, do not quench, subdue, or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we must be consistent with our prayer life. If you are slacking, if you feel like you, you not, can't pray or you feel like you um, can't pray as long as everybody else. Listen, when I first uh, rededicated my life back to Christ, when I first rededicated my life back to Christ, I, I wasn't praying as much. I was the, one of the people that probably prayed once a week. And so I had to be true to myself and say, listen, God, I want to do this thing the right way. And so it, was, it, it wasn't even every day at first. It was probably every other day. And even when I prayed, it was probably like for 10 minutes. Because I was being honest and true to myself that, listen, like you can't just suspect yourself to go from praying once a week to praying every day and then praying for an hour. No, be true to yourself and be reasonable about your prayer life. Because as you continue to pray, you're going to want, you're going to have a desire to pray more. You want to have a desire to be in God's face more. So you're going to want to you're going to want to pray longer. You're going to want to pray more. But be realistic about um about your process. Be realistic about your process. Hi Melissa. Awesome. Yes Melissa, and like you can definitely go back and listen to it. Thank you so much. So, be consistent about your prayer life. Be consistent in going back to the accountability partners. Make sure, hey, get some prayer partners. Get some prayer partners. Say, listen, 
I I don't know how to pray, you know, for so long and say, listen, can you can you pray with me? Can you um can you be my prayer partner? And then when y'all praying together, y'all are sharpening the iron together, right? And y'all pray, they they pray for a certain period of time, and you pray for a certain period of time. So be consistent, be and make sure you are held accountable for your actions. So guys, I pray that everybody was encouraged and uplifted tonight. I pray that this message truly spoke to your spirit and that you truly heard what God has to say. Um, I know this wasn't going to be a popular you know, message, but it's important that somebody hears it. And again, if one person is blessed, if one person is saved and set free, then God's will is done. God's will was done. So with that being said, we talked about drifting away, but I want to make sure that before I close out, that we talk about salvation for those of you that don't have a relationship with Christ, but you, huh, but you know that you need Jesus in your life. You know it. You tried everything. You tried, you know, substances. You tried bad relationships, you try people, you try things, and nothing brings you peace, nothing brings you joy. You don't feel that the love that you need in your life. But I promise you that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God will be there for you. God will be there for you if you let him. If you let him. So I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me because Jesus loves you and he cares. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, in my life. Jesus, I repent of all my sins and I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongdoings. So Jesus. I am confessing, I believe in my heart and I'm confessing right now that you died on the cross for me and you died so that I can have life eternally. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood just for me. And Jesus, because of that, I surrender my will to you and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you pray that prayer of salvation, welcome into the body of Christ. This is the best decision that you can ever make in your life. To God be the glory for all the marvelous things that he has done. Hallelujah. And just like we talked about earlier, all those old things are behind you. And behold, behold, all things are new before you. And next thing you need to do is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. God has already forgiven you. So be encouraged and be uplifted in the name of Jesus. Next and last call. We were talking about drifting away and this was dedicated to this message was dedicated to those who are backsliding, who need to rededicate their life, lives back to Jesus. Come back home. Come back home. I know you drifted away. I know that you allowed yourself to Step away from the things of God. But listen, this message was dedicated to you. God has been calling your name. And if you're watching, 
right now or if you're listening from the podcast, time to come back home. Put your pride aside. God still loves you. God still cares. He's here with open arms waiting for you to come back home to get right and get back on track. So say this prayer rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for turning my back on you. I know, Jesus, that I need you now more than I did before. Jesus, I allowed myself to be distracted. Jesus, I allowed myself to get off focus. Jesus, I allowed myself to, um, to just step away from you. But Jesus, I thank you for calling my name, for calling me back home to get it right with you. Jesus, I already know who you are in my life. I already know what you did just for me, that you died on stretch your blood on Calvary. I already know these things. But Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life and be my savior once again, that you renew my mind once again, that you cleanse me in your blood once again. Jesus, make me whole again. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance to get it right. Jesus, I commit myself to you. And I've decided that I'm never going back, never going back. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you pray that prayer rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. This is the best decision you can ever make in your life. To God be the glory, to God be the glory. All right, guys, I pray that you were encouraged and uplifted. I make sure that you follow. I am imperfectly perfect on Facebook, and that is at I am imperfectly perfect incorporated. And on Instagram, it is at I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect on Instagram. And then if you want to listen to the podcast, you can listen to the podcast on all, say all, all platforms. So if you want to listen to it, you can listen to it while you're working out. You can listen to it on the way, walking down the street. You can listen to it in your car. So it is available to you if you don't have the time to watch it, but you have time to listen to it. Make sure you follow it. And it is um, a perfectly perfect live on all of your podcast platforms. So make sure you tune in for that as well. So I love you guys so much. I pray that God covers you, that he keeps you, that grace and love and peace be upon you. So until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.